So you're a dentist, eh? You're in the right place. This is the Canadian Dentist Podcast with Dr. Carlo Biasucci, where you'll get a truly Canadian approach to building a low-stress, highly profitable practice and live life on your terms. Learn more at TheElitePractice.com. The following is an excerpt from a recent members-only Q&A session. How important is a treatment coordinator in your office? So how important is it to keep the patient aware of the cost of treatment and the treatment plan? This is kind of going towards like an associate potentially who gets excited about doing the treatment plan, but then kind of separates from the treatment coordinating process. So... If we don't take the time to make sure the patient is fully educated, how on earth do we expect them to proceed with the treatment? It's like with diagnosis, right? Like you're dealing, I'll give me another example. You're dealing with an issue where um, patients don't value hygiene appointments. Well, how did we diagnose it in the first place? Like I can guarantee it's not the way we taught. I can guarantee that you're not sitting knee to knee with the patient, knee to knee with the patient, looking them in the eyes at their level, and explain to them exactly what you're going to do when you pull the perio probe, right? And showing them with the fact sheets that we create for our, our members and exactly the way I teach it in that hygiene video that the patient then understands as I'm measuring and, and doing the things that I'm doing that they're diagnosing with me and they know that they have a problem, they own they have the problem and then they come back for the treatment. If you skip all that and you just say, you know, you need to come back in six months, then it's like, yeah, whatever, every dentist says that. Or it's just like a standard thing. But I don't really need it because my teeth don't hurt. Right? They missed it altogether. They didn't get it. Right? So as a dentist, I know I know this from, you know, obviously when I graduated, I was super excited about things too. I would present something like in 30 seconds or less. The patient would say, oh, that sounds like an interesting thing. Well, yeah, we can do that. But they have no idea what the cost is. You know, you think they're going to do it and they have no intention of doing it because they don't know anything about it or they think it's covered by their insurance. Right. So if you don't have that time for the patient to understand in the diagnostic process, you're setting up your treatment coordinator for failure anyway. Right. Treatment coordinator cannot do miracles. Okay. They cannot overcome the failures in the diagnostic process. Okay. That's tough to do. Otherwise, they're starting from scratch, presenting the treatment that you didn't present. And they got to be really good to do that. Okay. Now, if the patient doesn't understand fully what's going on, why they need it, what exactly the obligations are on them financially and appointments and such, then you're not going to get anywhere. The worst thing you can do is bring them to the front desk and expect them to deal with it there because mm-hmm. they're busy. It's other people's stuff going on. Phones are ringing. It's not private. You have a confidentiality issue. I don't like, I wouldn't like talking about my personal stuff at the front desk either if it wasn't private. And you really, you don't, like the person's already, like, think about the momentum of the patient. Like, they're already on their way out. The last barrier to them getting out of the office is just like this front desk person who's going to pay my bill. I'm going to get out of here. They've already kind of checked out at that point psychologically. By stopping and having a treatment conference, the patient is now engaged in okay, I'm going to hear about this and I'm going to make a decision, first of all. Second of all, they have to understand exactly what they're going to pay when they come back. Because if they don't, they're going to be upset. And if there is a question mark of how much they have to pay, 
especially when they have the treatment done and now you tell them they have to pay X and they didn't see it coming, you've got a problem because you're either going to do it for free, you're going to get a complaint, you're going to have an upset patient who's not coming back and probably is going to tell lots of people. So there's lots of things that come around as a, as a, as a consequence to not planning properly. So I like, now, for basic, basic stuff, the way we teach it is like thousand bucks or less and the insurance is going to cover it. You can do that in the room. We have a fast finances system that we teach. You can do it at the desk as a worst case scenario. But if it's more than that, or there's a lab, or there's out-of-pocket expenses of significance, treatment coordinator every time. If it's significant, $10,000 or more, depending on the office, maybe it's $20,000 or more, like we're talking about full arch, full mouth, all on X, bring them back for a proper good, better, best treatment presentation, which we teach. Because that invariably is more successful than any of these other options, bar none, we have tested this ad nauseum. So skipping the basically the consent process, you know, you're toast. Like, first of all, it's not really you know proper practice. But second of all, you're setting up the patient for failure. They they don't know they didn't own the problem. They don't know what their obligations are. How can they, you know, this is when patients disappear and don't come back because they felt like you know, maybe they don't know what to feel. Right, and they but they certainly didn't feel like you had their best interest in, at heart. You were trying to sell them something. This is where you get that the patient, the dentist was trying to sell me something, you know, because you didn't go through the process. And again, it starts at diagnosis. It starts with co-diagnosis. It starts with all of the things that we keep talking about, which is photos on the screen, printed material to to show them and talk through for them to take home. All of these pieces come back to building this momentum for case acceptance. If you blow any of those pieces up, then your case acceptance will explode as a result of it. You're not getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I tell so many clients about that. It's like my case acceptance was high, but only because of all the steps were followed along the way. So exactly. Exactly. It's it's not to undermine your ability in the room to save stuff, because I know that you could do that. Yeah. But it certainly makes life easier when you have the proper setup. Exactly. Right? Because if you have a person coming in saying, I don't know what they were talking about. Nope. You're done. Yeah. What are you going to present? You're done. No idea. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess just come back for your next appointment. <laughs> Maybe if you want to. Like, where did you go? Nowhere. Because you, you messed up the whole process. Right? And so that's why our new patient process is so elaborate. Exactly. Right? With, we make sure that we do all these things on the front end. We do all these things on the exit. Right? We have all of these checkboxes because if we do that it's just a clear momentum all the way into case acceptance yep absolutely thank you for listening to this episode of the canadian dentist podcast if you want to know how dr biasucci tripled his practice in three years and cut his work week in half request your free information kit at the elite